Let us pray. Lord, as we look at this Acts passage today, we always come right to the edge of understanding what the Holy Spirit truly is. But if it be your will, can we be filled today? Is this possible? Help us to set aside misconceptions or fears and really fall into your presence. We know, precious Lord, that you have more for every single person in this sanctuary. You have more. You have more. And help us to fearlessly follow you, seek you, and look to you. And I pray most earnestly that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together will be acceptable to you. For you are our Lord and our Redeemer. Amen. I don't know what you think of when you hear the word Trinity. It's not a word that we use a whole lot, but we really believe in it. And it wasn't long ago that, Denine, you asked me about Trinity. said, as being raised as a Lutheran, we heard the word a lot, but we don't seem to hear it. Well, we're going to talk about it a lot today. Trinity is God the Father, God the Son, and today we're looking at God the Holy Spirit. It's also God in three persons, blessed Trinity, that's part of holy, 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 the hymn that we love to sing. In Acts 10, 44, we have gathered believers, and the Holy Spirit fell upon them, and it fell upon them, and there was something about the message that Peter was giving, and in this message, his concluding words were, all the prophets testify about him, Jesus Christ, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. We've heard these words a lot. They didn't. They probably never heard these words. And they heard it with a fresh spirit and it went right into the core of their being. And they knew that forgiveness of sins could happen through the name of Jesus Christ. And the message was received as they stood there listening. That part of life that all of us have that causes us regret and regret when the Holy Spirit uses us to convict is a good thing. That part of life that every person has that causes us regret in their souls. Those acts, every thought that took them away from God, every time they had been their worst selves, what they're hearing and what they heard and what came into them with full force was that forgiveness is more than graspable. Forgiveness is immediate and complete. Through the name of Jesus Christ, it is real. And the truth pierced their souls simultaneously that the love sacrifice of the risen Christ did actually bring complete forgiveness. It eradicated the awful outcome of bad energy. And we all know what that is. The acts and the attitudes that thwart love. He forgives it all. The Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard forgiveness, Scripture says. The Holy Spirit came upon them and then the Holy Spirit filled them. The Holy Spirit... I've been intrigued by the Holy Spirit all my life. And there was a time when I thought I was really chasing the Holy Spirit down. But the reality was is that he had been seeking me. And very possible, there's a very 
great possibility that the Holy Spirit is seeking you. He's the third part of the Trinity, but not a piece of the Trinity. The truth is, is that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one and the same, but three people. And it's difficult to understand, and theologians have been trying to figure it out for centuries. God is not divided into thirds. There's not the Holy Spirit piece, the Jesus piece, the God the Father piece. We can't have a piece of God. He is the definition of whole. And the word Trinity is not in Scripture. It is the creedal language of the church. What is in Scripture is the formula, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which were Jesus' last words, practically, relating to baptism. I go out and baptize people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen, he said. Holy Spirit is the dynamic activity in the world that executes the will of God. It's the executive function of God. The Holy Spirit gives us truth and insight and guidance. And when he fills up our souls, he pushes out the thoughts that lead to nowhere and the thoughts that can even be destructive. He operates in people simultaneously and brings people into unity. And sometimes the Holy Spirit is just very, very practical. There was a time, maybe about a month ago, when three people who didn't really know each other in one day said, what happened to the church picnics? We need a picnic. And so I went to the deacons meeting and, our moder- and told our moderator, you know, there's this need for a picnic. And she says, you know what? I already have it on the agenda. And what we take from that is we need a picnic. <laughs> the Holy Spirit reveals and the Holy Spirit exposes truth. But if we're looking for details and facts, listen to this carefully, because it took me years to get this. If we are looking for details and we are looking for facts, and if we are looking for building up our own agenda or our own position, that's human construct. The Holy Spirit gives us cosmic truth, real truth that transcends any personal interaction. He comforts, he empowers, he clarifies, he gives vision, he uses metaphors, he uses story, he uses signs, and God is speaking to us constantly, 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 and I would bet that he is trying to get your attention about something. It helps us to discern and use the Holy Spirit when we have the Spirit-filled community to interpret his word to us. The Holy Spirit uses worship, collective worship, to speak to his people. It could be that what the Holy Spirit wants you to hear today is one line from an anthem, and all the rest supports that. It could be that what you need to hear today is that you are so forgiven. You are so forgiven in Christ Maybe that's what you need to hear. We don't know, but all of the pieces come together and we come together with each other, opening our hearts to what worship has to give to us. Holy Spirit uses worship. So receiving the Holy Spirit 
letting him in and being filled with him is a little bit different than the spirit that is the Ruach wind that comes to us or the insights. The spirit is with everybody, but there is the reality of letting him in. Are there prerequisites? Are there qualifications? Are there credentials? Here they are. We have to be able to surrender everything. But I've kind of abandoned the word surrender because people don't like it and don't respond to it. And maybe because it connotes a degree of cowardice to some. But there is a word. And it's a word for our times. And it is relinquish. Relinquish control. We're taught to believe that we can control anything and everything from our health to our finances to our people, and we all know who our people are, and that we can somehow determine outcomes. If we just do it right, we can have the outcome that we want. And here's something that God has shown me this time that I have never seen. God allows us control of some things. He is so sovereign. He is the only one who gets to use the word control. And if we think we're in control of something, it's because God has allowed us to be. But he's the only one. The relinquishment. Lord, I do not know where you are leading me, but here I am. Lord, I do not know where you are leading me, but here I am. Those moments, those points, when we give up the illusion that we are in control and completely let go, that's what makes room for the Holy Spirit. There's a mistake that I have made many times in my life, and I think people do. Because we usually grab back control so quickly after relinquishing it, we don't trust that anything happened, that anything internal or spiritual actually happened. But it doesn't work that way. Once the door opens to receive him, he is with us. God knows exactly what we're dealing with on a very, very private, individual basis. The challenge his people face, he knows and understands better than humanity does. And the Holy Spirit is our powerful helper. So the Holy Spirit came upon everyone. Everyone gathered and they received the grace to let go. Everyone, the Jews were astounded that the Holy Spirit was poured out on everyone, even the Gentiles. And the significance of this eludes people still, that we don't have to earn or merit the Holy Spirit's presence or qualify or be theologically exact. The Jews devoted their lives to interpreting and obeying the law, constantly following the rules. They did feel entitled and deserving. They worked so hard at their religion. And they received the same Holy Spirit as the Gentiles who hadn't put in the time and effort at all. But their hearts were pierced, Jews and Gentiles alike, with forgiveness. Well, something happened this weekend that became the example for this sermon. It happened yesterday. We had a funeral for a beloved church member, Jay Dan. We have been on a journey with him for almost 20 years. And when we were together, and when we were thinking about what God had done, the place was filled with the Holy Spirit. We could sense it. 
And I was thinking, you know, I kind of am glad to be a Presbyterian. We do these things kind of well. We have a great liturgy at the beginning, and we have dignity, and we want to celebrate the life of these human beings. So I was thinking the Holy Spirit was at Christ our King yesterday at 11 o'clock when we honored Jay. Immediately after that, I went to another funeral. Didn't go to the funeral, went to the viewing before the funeral. And this was David Dougherty's brother, Ed. And this was held in a warehouse in Forest Hill. And the people who attended this church were people openly in recovery, 12-step people, and people who were openly, I mean, there were motorcycles all over the place, Harley, Harley riders. And when you walked into the warehouse, there were four huge screens that had Ed's life all over it. And there were motorcycles actually in the sanctuary space. They were Ed's motorcycles. And I walked in, and the Holy Spirit came upon me like thunk. And I thought, when people are in recovery, and they know that they can't do anything else but cry out to God, there is an openness there to be filled with the Spirit that's unmistakable, and I thought, well, I guess Christ our King wasn't the only place that the Spirit visited yesterday. <laughs> he was with us all. The Jews were astonished that the Spirit was poured out on the Gentiles. They were kind of horrified, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. People have different gifts. People have different professions. We celebrate this. But all the training, all the effort cannot create the quickening. Do you know the language of the quickening? When the truth about Christ pierces like an arrow and there's something that maybe flutters inside or quickens inside, it's really kind of hard to describe. But scripture calls it the quickening. You know when you get it. And the Holy Spirit had been poured out upon the Gentiles for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. And this is one of the many passages that tells us there is more if we want it. Holy Spirit can invade the tissues of our brain and fill it so that flesh and blood relinquishes. They heard the Gentiles speaking in tongues and praising God. The gift of tongues, it's all over scripture. What it is not is an indicator of the Holy Spirit, the lone indicator of the Holy Spirit. I know plenty of people who are filled with the Holy Spirit who don't have and probably won't have the gift of tongues. So just know that. But also know that the gift of tongues is not proof of a person's spiritual maturity. But the thing that we've got to recognize because it is this scripture is that the gift of tongues is also proof of the presence of God. I've heard people who don't pray in tongues call it ecstatic utterances, manic. And people who do, it's just a prayer language. There's nothing frightening about it when we no longer have the words. God can provide the content of our prayers. God can give us the way to pray. When a mother and a father, but it's Mother's Day, so I'm using mother. When a mother first hears her baby babble, 
We love babbling babies. It brings joy to the heart. It is a beautiful sound. When we pray with the words that God gives to us, it's a beautiful sound to God. And a tremendous benefit comes from this gift, the relief that comes when the Holy Spirit has actually taken control. We need the complete Trinity to accomplish his purpose, not just pieces of it. We have love and truth to offer a seriously hurting world. The world hurts so much, it's almost unbearable to think about it. There will be a time when nobody is going to say no to Christ because every single knee will bow. But he's saying, I can empower you now. I can deliver you now. I can free you up now. You are needed now. Let us pray. Lord, you're offering us a gift of letting go that we really need. Help us to be filled with you and your power and your love. We thank you for what you have done in Christ Jesus. Amen.